All right. I guess we're getting started right now. Um, I wasn't ready for this. Let's just get this thing going. Welcome to the podcast of champions. This is the orange and black soccer cast. is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I'm here to take you through this journey as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. Uh, let's just introduce everyone else as he's been since day one. We've got from Caroline Coalition, Dylan. Dylan, uh, how are we feeling, my man? Um, glad to be here and not super excited to talk about what's uh, what's gone on, but that's all right. It is nice to sit down with everyone and um, Gonna drink some water tonight because I'm a little lacking there, but I'm talk some footy. Kisses yeah, to everyone. On the same page, drinking some water while we're doing our thing here, talking about soccer. Um, let's instead of again, second week in a row, we're not heading down south. We're actually gonna head up north uh, to Reno, and that's Mr. Brad. Brad and Reno, how are we doing, my man? I'm doing not terribly. I also have water, but on par, also have wheat juice. Wheat juice. Dylan, yes. you were muted, so I uh, actually sort of uh, did the uh, the overdub or the dub or whatever we want to call it. I don't know how this all works. Who knows yeah. what we're doing here on this podcast? We never. We know. sure don't. Yes, we that's don't. fine. <laughs> and apparently, uh, we're sort of copying the form of what's going on with the the team that we cover recently. Uh, if you look back at the past five matches, the last really positive outcome for Orange County was the five two victory over LA Force. Uh, and that was back at the beginning of April. Since then, the club has lost three and draw, drawn one. Is that how, you, how do you say that? And when it comes, drew, drawn, drawn, draw, yes, whatever those words. That lone draw was against uh, Sacramento Republic uh, on April sixteenth. Uh, the the big losses, you know, we lost to San Antonio, uh, and then also the Open Cup match at LAFC at the Bank. Uh, and then also most recently against Indy 11. So uh, this is maybe our therapy session as we're going on to this week or this episode here. I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of positives to mention out of this club uh, and, and what we've been seeing, but we're going to try and get into this and then we'll preview the next upcoming match, which is against RGV uh, in Texas, the tip of Texas, I believe is what they call it over there. So let's get into this. Um, since we last spoke to you, uh, there was a pretty big match for the club. Uh, their first time traveling up the 405 to downtown L.A. to get to the Bank of California uh, Stadium, home of LAFC, uh, Orange County, for maybe 10, 15 minutes 
look like they might be able to make a game, a, a match out of this, but uh, pretty quickly you could see the discrepancy in the talent level between the MLS squad and the USL uh, reigning USL championship champions uh, as uh, LAFC wins. This one comes out victorious five, one over orange County. I, I know Dylan, you were there. I was there. Um, and even our producer, Andy was there. The only one that didn't make the trip, unfortunately out of the, those of us on the show tonight was Brad. Um, you know, there were some good deals I saw on, on tickets. You could have came flow into LAX, watch the match and flow home, flown home, uh, Brad, but let's get into this Dylan. Um, what were your thoughts on orange County's performance? And were you shocked by the outcome? Uh, I was not shocked. I mean, we had to all be expecting this going in. We are so bad. That's probably my biggest <laughs> takeaway right now is that we are not a good team. This is not the win one nil or draw nil nil one one win on pen advance on pens, excuse me, that we saw at the end of last year. I think some of that is you're missing players like Michael Roscoe, you're missing players like Robbie Kiernan, you're missing players, I mean I hate to say it, like um you know, Kevin Olsen and this little known, I don't think you guys have heard of him. This little Haitian guy named uh, Ronaldo Damas. And when you're lacking players like that, unfortunately trying to play for a one nil victory and hit teams on the counter just doesn't work. Um, that was obvious here. What's most frustrating about this game is we conceded the same goal basically three times. And um, Albie Skendi played as a nine and seem to do about as well there as he does in the back line. So maybe it wasn't the, the worst call, but um, at this point, I just have to wonder, we're coming up to 10 games. What's the plan? Because something has to change. And I'm also kind of wondering, um, is Blake Malone really not good enough? That's that's a very there's interesting no way, question. right? I I definitely want to get into that conversation because for those of you that made the trip out to bank, uh, the bank, you might have seen uh, Blake Malone sitting in the stands watching the match with some of the uh, players' wives and girlfriends and whatnot. Uh, and I got a, a chance to speak with him very briefly. I didn't want to take away from his, you know, I didn't want to bother him too much, but I got to speak with him very briefly. And I, I asked him, like, when do we get to see you play? And and there was really no answer he could give. Um, and, and I took it. There was, I mean, I'm taking his answer as he doesn't even know when he's going to get an opportunity to make an appearance. But uh, uh, you got to think of, you know, the, the defense isn't doing too too hot right now. So to not get an opportunity to at least at least be on the roster, the game day roster or the match roster, uh, it, it must be difficult. There must be something that we're not seeing or that we don't know. Uh, but uh, let me ask you really quick, Brad, this question. Uh, if Michael Orozco uh, is available for this match and can play, is the outcome any different or are we still getting destroyed in, in the back line and, and the defense? Because I think it was Dylan said, uh, like three of the exact same goals and they were all just these really light crosses into the middle. It wasn't like anything spectacular. It wasn't something that takes a, a world-class player to make. It was just some nice soft crosses in the middle. And um, Rukowski is getting pulled out of the goal to try and go after the, the player with the ball. And all he does is tap into the middle. And none of his defenders cover. Does Orozco make a difference on that? Or um, is that just wishful thinking? Maybe one or two, but I mean, 
LEFC can find ways to score multiple different ways. I don't think I don't think one player changes the outcome of that game, especially against the team as deep as LAFC. No, there's no way we were winning that game. Uh, Dylan succinct, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Description of how our team has been recently is about as enthusiastic ever of a reaction I can give about this game too. At least Cubo, uh, it appeared he was uh, cheering on the fans uh, after he scored his goal. So it's good to see at least he's showing support to, you know, the only good thing that really came out of that game is all the fans that showed up on the bus. Uh, the team posted it, uh, and there was a good number. There was, it looked like a hundred-ish of you guys. So that's a pretty good showing for for a Open Cup middle-of-the-week game. Uh, yeah, also, um, you could... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm go sorry. Ahead, no, go for it, Shout-out to super sub Tommy McCabe. Gets subbed on, immediately gets an assist. That's some effing Tommy McCabe for you. And shout out to Kubo for kind of recognizing that fans had made the trip. Uh, it was You could see the players who recognized that it was a Wednesday night. Um, it helped a lot with the bus, so credit to the club for that. And, and you know, if they dedicate themselves to doing that for feasible away days, they're going to get a big following of people to come. Um you could see the players like Seth Kasipli, um, like Kubo, who recognize, like Ugo, um, the impact and the importance of the fans. And then you can see the players <laughs> are happy to see their uh, their LA friends um, and happy to, you know, just kind of get off the pitch and go take a shower after a humiliating loss. Um, it, it's good to see that, you know, despite a disappointing loss, they're... There is some level of, hey, let's still thank the fans because we still spent 90 minutes shouting shouting for offside if you're uh, someone named Lane and maybe just shouting the rest of the time if you're someone named everyone else. Um, there's pros and cons of every game, right? So you got Super Sub and some, some players saying hi and we scored a goal. And we got to taunt LAFC fans by telling them that they'll never be the champions of the USL. <laughs> yes, we got to celebrate that fact. Unless, hey, maybe one day when there's pro rel in the U.S., maybe they will potentially have that opportunity. Um, unless I, I, I love that Dylan and Brad. It's a comedy podcast. A comment there, right? Um, let's talk about the fans because it actually was a pretty uh, good appearance from the Orange County fans. Uh, you know, again, a Wednesday night uh, to get a nice group of fans there. Uh, there was a, a lot of love shown from some of the LAFC fans and they actually, some of them even commented that they were impressed by the turnout that we had and, and the volume that the orange County fans had at the match. I don't know if anyone was able to hear anything on the streams or anything like that, but the, uh, props to the orange County fans for giving it their all for 90 minutes of cheering. And then even with that, like 20 or 25 minutes after the final whistle, uh, just chant after chant and trying to, you know, um, you know, just enjoy that evening. Cause it's a, it's a very rare experience for orange County SC fans to make a trip to an MLS stadium uh, and to support your team. And it's, it's just a different experience, right? I mean, nothing against USL championship, but an MLS stadiums can have a different type of energy uh, than what a USL uh, uh, championship stadium, especially like, okay, I'm not going to say all MLS stadiums. Cause some of them might not be as amazing, but 
props to LAFC. They have a pretty good supporters group there and a pretty good setup for that supporters group. I actually got an opportunity to, uh, I got to sneak into the supporter section for LAFC and they, uh, our guest last week sort of just sort of gave me a tour of the area, um, explained some of the traditions and the stuff that go, go on there. Um, and it was just me as a, a soccer nerd, just wanting to learn a little bit more about another team's setup and tradition. Uh, and I appreciate the generosity uh, that came from our, our guest last week in, in letting me uh, do that. And uh, the only thing I had to do was take off my orange County uh, colors and go in there in all black. But uh, yeah, apparently also, I was drunk. They got trashed. It was very great. And that's why you take it. Okay. But long. can we say this right, Dylan? Can we say this? I am, I'm a nice drunk. I'm not a mean drunk. I'm not a, uh, you know, a, a, an argumentative yes, drunk. Let's, let's I'm a nice drunk. people under the bus. Name names. Just kidding. He is a nice drunk. He wants to be everyone's friend, and I'm surprised um, that most people seem to be I mean, so much respect, receptive to him. Hey, I all, did... the, all the LAFC fans, I asked for a fist bump as they were entering, and I'm chanting and yelling Orange County SC or OCSC. They were giving me fist bumps. They were probably cracking up as they did that. They were you know, showing me their badges on their shirt. Um, and then let me just say, too, the uh, – the LAPD officers that were right there by the entrance that were cracking up at me, um, but letting me do my thing. They, they, I asked them a couple times if I was doing, if, if they wanted me to stop, just let me know. And they said, no, nah, keep doing it. You're, you're, you're nothing. You're, you're not doing anything bad. Um, no, not saying you're nothing like orange County, just basically saying I'm not causing any trouble um, in their eyes. So um, that Ray Samora is nothing. Let's just change the name of the episode. <laughs> I I love that there's this talk about parking it was expensive at the stadium. For those of you that did not get on the bus, that's one of the very big perks of getting on the bus is uh, parking gets expensive when you're in downtown LA. I think I, I don't know what the, the cheapest parking lot was, but if you're near the stadium, you probably were paying at least $40 for parking, if not more. Um, so that's where the bus came in handy. Um, it wasn't as fun of a bus ride home though, right? I mean, the, you're sort of sad, um, tired. Most of us couldn't talk anymore because our voices were gone. Um, but let's get back into the game, the game aspect of it. Is there anyone that you could say was your hero of the match for Orange County against LAFC, Dylan? I'm Milan Olaski for trying like a 40-plus yard chip. Um, yes, I think that's kind of the only one. Would, would that would – that, if that goal would have gone in, would it have changed anything with the outcome of this match, Dylan, for you? Do you think uh, the Two momentum would have swung Orange County's uh, favor, or would it have just been a little bit of a, a help uh, but no cure? Because at that point it was 0-0, so Orange County would have took an early le- uh, an early lead uh, in the match. I, I think it still ends 5-1 in the situation. I think what that does is winds up LAFC a little bit, and we just see – them come full force instead of kind of working themselves in this game. I think that's the, oh, we're playing now, and then five unanswered. Um, I don't think there's much of a difference there. But, I mean, if if uh, Olaski scores that goal, Orange County can go to like a 6-3-1 setup and just park the bus for 80-something minutes of a match. With who do you put on the back line in that situation? Well, apparently you had Skendy playing out of position, so you drop him back. You maybe uh, call on Blake Malone out of the stands and tell him to put on a shirt and get him out there. Um, 
heck maybe put Richard Chaplo in there, you know, have him suit up for the the match and, and do his thing. I, I don't know what you do there. I'm just, I mean, you, you, you'll see a different setup from this team. We all know Orange County likes to sit back and pick and choose their moments, but we, I think we've talked about this in the past, right? If Orange County goes up early, it's a different story usually than if they go down early um, because they're not really built to come back from um, deficits. But, you know, if they get an early lead, they are sort of built strategic uh, strategy wise to at least try and preserve. It doesn't mean it always works. Right. And obviously against the the best team in the Western conference of MLS, they're not going to be able to, um, you know, potentially park the West. actually best team in all of MLS right now. Right. Record wise points wise. Um, so, could have been different. Brad, uh, is there a, a standout player for you besides Milan Oloski, or do you agree with Dylan um, for that attempt on goal? He's he's the standout player. Um, definitely the clock for being merciful and uh, not allowing this game to be any worse than it was. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, were you guys shocked to see Carlos Vela come into the, the match, or um, is it what would have been expected on this? I, I mean, you're the team's already up what three nil or three one at that time, and they bring Carlos Vela in. Was that uh, sort of a slap in the face of Orange County, or um, are you fine with that from LAFC in this match, Dylan? I'm no, oh, Brad. Go ahead. Whoever wants to go, I don't care. I'm just surprised it was for uh, Misovsky. Um, you know, being the Reno homer, I would love to see him go for the hat trick there. Um. I believe it was for Misowski because didn't he have the brace? I believe it was for uh, Arango who had the brace. I think Misowski ended up with the brace, but that was after Vela. Yeah. Um, I think not. it's a bad thing. They're trying to win a cup, and they actually have the the firepower and the the depth to do it. It's a competitive match, right? I mean, we all sat a couple years ago and watched the U.S. score. 15 or something past Thailand and that was acceptable. So why wouldn't it be acceptable here to put on um, probably one of the most talented players that MLS has ever seen in this game and say, Hey, you know what? You got 20 minutes, go score a hat trick or go make, go get some assists or go have fun or go have fun. I mean, he, he got a new contract. So what better way than to get him a little bit of match fitness at the end of a game that that doesn't matter. So after that, uh, I guess expected but yet disappointing loss to LAFC, ending Orange County's hope for a deep run in the U.S. Open Cup, uh, they returned to USL Championship action, traveling out to uh, Indianapolis uh, to face Indy 11, and actually got off to a, a decent start, took a 1-0 lead against Indy 11 on the road. Uh, but things that just fell apart afterwards and they end up losing the match three, one. Um, I, I guess I just talked about in this LAFC match that they're sort of built. If they can come up with an early lead, they, they can have success, but apparently I didn't pay or I didn't realize, or didn't think about this match afterwards. Um, what went wrong for orange County and how were they not able to, uh, maintain the lead Dylan? <laughs> I think it comes down to there's not enough organization at the back. We're not defensively solid for a team that is built to be defensively solid. And then on the other side of things, we the only goal we score is exactly how you beat El Paso, and that is play a ball over the top, down the middle, 
hopefully to a player that is fast enough to beat a, a center back, and they've got a one-on-one -on -one with the keeper. So last year, um, this worked because we had Ronaldo Damas, and this year we have a 30-something Kubo Torres and a, I think, about 30-year-old um, Uko Okoli, who neither of whom are really the fastest players in the world. So if you're ever only going to be up 1-0 and then you've got 80-odd minutes to play, it's a difficult difficult thing to do, and it's a difficult thing to do when the shining star of your back line is 18. <laughs> I mean, there was a chance for Orange County to go up 2-0 if uh, Kubo Torres could hold maybe like six inches or, or a, a half a second longer uh, to make the run. Uh, as we saw earlier in the highlights. Um, let me ask you, Brad. Now we've watched the LAFC match, and now we're, we, we're watching the highlights for this match, uh, and we're seeing Patrick Arkovsky, like being pulled way out of position numerous times now. Is, is there something wrong with uh, Rakovsky, Patrick Rakovsky right now, or is it really just his defense is, is letting him down and he's trying to overcompensate for uh, the poor defensive play from the back line? It's a little bit of both, in my opinion. Like, Rakovsky's chasing after these balls like he should be, but there's no marking on these defenders, you know? These are the... If you were to show me side-by-side side, uh, the pictures of the LEFC goals and these goals in this game, they're the exact same game. Like, all three of these goals Indy scored are ball gets sent to the middle, no one's marking, ball finds back of the net. The third one's a little bit of a ticky-tacky weird weirdness, but it's literally the office meme. Corporate wants you to see the difference between these two games. They're the same thing. Um, the back four, back five, back three, whatever we're employing right now, because it seems to be different every game, is, is a leaky faucet, and our midfield and attack can't compensate for the goals we're letting in. Um, the goal we scored in this game was a fluke. Uh, the only thing I can say is if Cuba was onside in the uh, one goal that he scored that got uh, taken back, we're up 2-0, maybe it's a different game. But that's that's about as nice as it goes. And in this game, <laughs> you know, um, for those people who have been calling for Coley to start, that everything's going to be different with him up top. Um, I think this just shows that he's not necessarily the answer. He's a good player. All these players that we have are good, but they're not great together. Um, and there's well, definitely none of them replace. None of them replace what Damas brought. Uh, no, they all are last year, right? So. Which was energy and pace, um, and just relentless, relent, relentlessness up top. Uh, as good as Kubo is, as good as Ugo is. Um, it's just, you're not going to get that. So uh, I think part of what we're seeing too is, is the loss of Domus and no, maybe, um, clear change in strategy now with a different style of attacking forwards that we have now. Um, the other big thing that we see now, and this is becoming a pattern now, this is where, you know, do we start worrying about stuff, right? Is in the past, Orange County has been pretty solid on defense because they've had a really core veteran group of guys in the back line. When you look back last season, you had players like Orozco, Kiernan, Alston, Richards, um, Nathan Smith, uh, uh, solid defenders that you could trust that 
are not going to make as many poor mistakes as you see now looking at this match where you have, uh, you know, Kobe Henry is like your, your key defender. And we're watching him on some of these clips just getting burnt or not marking up when he's burnt. Um, or, you know, what we just saw here, if you're watching a live stream, um, he's sort of just standing at the top of the box as uh, the indie player chips the ball over Rakowski. And maybe if you have someone that's a little bit more polished and uh, has more experience, like in a Roscoe or Kiernan, they're going to actually maybe track back a little bit quicker knowing that that's the play that's going to happen here. If that's going to be the, what's going to hurt you. Right. So uh, you can see from this angle here, um, Kobe Henry just sort of taking his time to uh, track back uh, in front of goal, especially. And that's the other thing, you know, I try and teach my kids when I, when we're uh, at practice and in games is if the goalie has to come out of the goal, someone needs to drop back and, and at least mark up or, or stand in front of that goal to be able to uh, try and header it away. Or if you want to, you know, be a, uh, Luis Suarez and and use your hand to stop a goal and maybe save the the game. Um, but that's where you get some difficulty going on here. Um, our producer wants to talk about what do we think is working at this point? Uh, I'll give that to you, Dylan, because that's a really tough uh, question. What is working for Orange County at this point? Uh, Seth Kasipli's willingness to play wherever he is asked um, as a right back in this game. I mean, it's not it's been a lot of the season as a right back, which is yeah. his natural position. He played as a 10 a couple years ago in a game, kind of in an emergency. He's He can fill in where, where needed. And I think the willingness to work hard from guys like Seth um, usually wins out over 30-something games. I hope it wins out sooner rather than later. It's so hard to take positives because I want to say, oh, Kobe Henry, we have an 18-year-old starting, and then this game, he just, this was not his time. This was his having a horrible run of form last year before he got dropped for a little bit and then came back. And at this point, I'm sure his confidence is probably mostly gone, and his pairing partner hasn't been great um, on either side of him this year. So, I don't know. I, I really just want to say, like, Seth Kasipli at this point and, and guys who are still working hard. You know, Miko's, Ugo's, like, still working hard. I and mean, look at where Ugo is when we concede that or concede that goal that is ultimately offside. But, like, he's back playing defense, which is great to see because he's he's working hard and trying to make stuff happen and also really bad to see because why is he all the way back in our own box only very little very one. little to answer your question very little is working <laughs> Brad do you uh do you see anything else other than Dylan uh sees uh, as far as what's working for Orange County um I mean I agree there's not much working uh if I were to point to two spots that I think are less brighter or more brighter than dim um would be alex villanueva and uh miko canigas uh those two also are working miko miko looks like he wants to win another championship he he is still the same exuberant lively character on the field that is looking to get into the opponent's heads is looking to take advantage of wherever he can. And his free kicks are still good kicks. Uh, some of them are getting saved. Um, 
but he's he's definitely so far, you know, what we're six regular season games into the season, something like that. I would say he's my MVP so far in the season, even though there's not much to be proud of with this team. And then uh, Alex Villanueva is he he's very talented. He's still young. I think he's 19 himself. Um, and there's definitely a future for him. The team just needs to figure out what they're going to do in the box so that he can actually start working up the field and crossing the ball in. Because when he's gotten across the ball, some of his crosses are top-notch. And hopefully Brent Richards coming back allows him to, allows him, really them both, uh, to get up the field a little bit more. Um, Because Brent Richards is going to run both ways. But it's... It's nice to see him. He was back in the lineup against uh, LAFC, and I believe he played a healthy chunk. Maybe I think he only played like eight minutes, ten minutes against Indy, but just seeing him in the lineup means that he's ready to go again. Yeah, one of the hard things when you have uh, such turnover, which is, I mean, we're all used to this uh, as Orange County fans and as USL Championship fans, you have a lot of turnover, but um, this is where... Um, you could be a champion one year and the next year you're struggling because you don't have that chemistry that you had the previous season. You don't have uh, that returning sort of knowledge of players. Um, Coach Richard Chaplow is having to learn a lot about these new players that have been brought in. Uh, their teammates are all having to learn about each other and, you know, trying to figure out who is able to link up with who and, um, just knowing where your teammates are going to be, that's something that comes with that longevity or that consistency of a roster. Uh, so when you do have such a, a turnover on your defense, your defense is going to struggle. And, and unfortunately, that's what you have, at least at this point, due to either injuries or players you know, not being brought back for whatever reason. Um, you have sort of some lack of consistency in the defense, and we're seeing that hurt the team right now. Now, who knows if, you know, when, uh, Michael Orozco is able to come back, Brent Richards is, is getting more minutes potentially. Um, the, the rumors that we're going to see Kiernan soon, hopefully maybe fingers crossed. Um, that would be another, uh, solid piece to add to a defensive puzzle. Um, then at that point, if you can get these players healthy and playing, you have maybe a little bit more confidence because not only does coach Richard Chaplow know those players, Patrick Rakowski knows those players and knows exactly what they're going to do and how they're going to move. And that can change a lot. And then you can maybe get back to um, the, 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 the solid defense that we had in the, the run up to the, to the championship last year. I, I'm still going to give it, a few more matches. I want to see where we are. We got to see, and I want to see some of this, the, the, the players returning from injuries or potential new players hitting the roster here before I start hitting the panic button. But Dylan, Brad, or either of you hitting the panic button already? No, I'm not. We have to get to 10 games first. And I think while we're shipping the same goal, you know, four or five times over two matches, it takes time. Um, and we're missing a huge piece of our defense right now takes time for things to click I, I do think and i'm sure this is already happening at the club that hopefully they're hitting the panic button with the attacking options because it's great to bring in a Cuba torres and it's great to resign hugo but there's kind of no sense in bringing on a target man when you're not taking off someone who's incredibly mobile for which this whole system relies on um in a ronaldo damas and it 
kind of seems like they expected him to be here for the this season and maybe leaving in the summer. Obviously, that is not the case, and he <laughs> maybe has found himself in Sweden by now, but it's not great. And um, ultimately, I don't think the system succeeds without a very pacey number nine to actually get in behind defenses. Yeah, it, it maybe uh, would be nice to have retained or resigned uh, or brought back Aiden Apodaca as sort of that maybe pacier forward to replace Thomas. If you knew at the time that Thomas is leaving, I know it's not the same level, but at least it's that pacier type of forward as opposed to basically you have Ugo and Kubo who sort of play similar styles uh, up top. Neither of them has that pace. None of them are like a high energy type player. So I think that's just, like you said, Dylan, we're sort of missing on that it is, is heck, you know, does anyone know where Vinicius is these days? Maybe you can reach out and find him. He was sort of that Ronaldo Damas type player that would run all over the place and give you energy and pace. But, just minus um, the ability to actually finish. Yes. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. The same player. Or was it uh, Joe Coleman? I mean, other players that had some pace up top. You mean Kevin Coleman? Kevin Coleman. I don't know who Joe Coleman is. Maybe it's you just like created Coleman, Joe Cole and Kevin Coleman, the player, and just put them together, which is like a um, great ten. So let's do this because right now Orange County currently sit eleventh in the Western Conference. The only teams that they're ahead of in this on the table is El Paso and Monterey Bay. Um, I think anyone who follows new, probably thought Monterey Bay was going to be down there. Um, I don't think anyone going, you know, coming in from last season would have looked and said, oh yeah, bottom three, we'll have both El Paso and Orange County, but that's who you have down there now in the West. And then right above them is Oakland roots. Uh, so Orange County, if they're going to start turning things around, they're going to have to do so, um, sooner rather than later, because you're getting to that point. We've, we've had seasons where we, we were like, okay, it's almost there. We're almost to that point where you have to really fix things or it's going to be a, a crap rest of the season. Um, they're getting there to to maybe start that on the road, the tip of Texas RGV. Uh, Brad, what does Orange County have to do in this match to come away with the three points on the road uh, against a RGV team that maybe could be difficult? They're they're at least ahead of us on the table. Um, do you want a serious answer, or do you want me to find a witch doctor to heal up all of our injured players and? somehow managed to uh, put the RGV team on a little foosball table where everyone's connected in a line and they can only kick with their feet like this. All right, there's Brad's expert. <laughs> no, um, no, serious <laughs> answer, serious <laughs> answer. Um, Brian Oloski needs to get healthy. Um, Brent Richards needs to work his way in and we need to find a midfield combination that works. You know, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to mention the the back four, back three, whatever we want to deploy because that's not working. Um, but the thing that I think also needs improving is that midfield. Um, we need to find a pairing that works, whether it be Peterson, Partida, McCabe, Partida, Peterson, uh, McCabe. There's some combination in there that needs to work out. And then when Oloski uh, comes back, hopefully that you know makes it a little bit better. But Rocha's so not working. Peterson is hit and miss at times. Um, and I've been underwhelmed with uh, Kevin Partita so far this year. But I know that he's a... What would be your answer? I, I want to see a game of Partita and McCabe. Um, I feel like they both 
fit the defensive mold um, that we're looking for or that we need help back there. And, um, and I know that we have the attacking options if we can first fix our defense and uh, in the midfield. Um, it's not about the distribution, which will come. It's about the just starting the playoff for me. Dylan, um, what does Orange County need to, need to do to, to get this win? To get the full three points against RGV? Um, have someone at the team hotel um, give them a bad lasagna. And that's maybe too much of a deep cut, but um, I don't actually know because in years past, when we've been very good, we've really struggled to beat RGV. I think we won one of the two games in 2019 with nine men uh, following a very early Aiden Quinn red card and Darwin Jones getting two yellows. In 2018, we lost both matches 2-0. I I don't know why, but they seem to be like the boogeyman, the boogeymen, excuse me, for Orange County. I don't see us getting a result here. So you're going to predict something other than a 1-1 draw then? I am, but I honestly, I cannot answer your question. I do not know how we beat RGB because it just so rarely happens. So, Apparently, um, the solution is actually going down to nine men. So uh, a midfielder and a winger have to get sent off in this game. Take your pick. Uh, I, two, I, right? I, I don't remember who's come up with the, this expert analysis in the past, but really it's simple. is We need to not concede goals, and we have to score goals, and we get the win, and we turn things around. That's Dylan um, expert analysis there that I stole. So, um, no, really, it's it's. I, I think it's – me, you know me. I've I've done this past, Dylan. You've you've even watched me when I do video game soccer, go crazy with some stuff. But I think it's time to start thinking outside the box with with what's going on. I know there's already some craziness going on with the, the this uh, this lineup and these formations, but maybe um, it comes down to let's not start Ugo or Kubo. Um, let's bring some. Maybe let's let Milan Alaski play sort of that false nine role. Um, and get some goals because he can actually score goals. But so if he's a false nine and he's dropping into their midfield, who runs on? The answer is Miko, but that's only one half of the field. Who runs on? Well, get Miko on the left and let's get Brent Richards on the right. Oh, this is like college level Brent Richards. I'm saying because we all know he can make those crosses. So if you have him, um, playing that right winger or, or also, you know, getting in a little bit. I mean, we know he could score goals. He's played in that, those, you know, as an attacking player in the past. Um, Cause I mean, honestly, right now, as much as I love Ugo and as much as I want to love Kubo, um, they're both sort of struggling to, to figure out their place on this team. And the one player that has been able to consistently score goals for this team, maybe not as much in the last couple matches, but has been Milan Oloski. And he's been even without scoring, he's been at least, uh, a dangerous uh, uh, on target with the goals. I mean, I know that LAFC thing would have been a freak goal if that would have gone through, but it still, it was a shot on target. Um, Brad doesn't agree with that, thinking that Alaski has been sort of the, the best attacking option for us so far. Two two things. One, I think uh, Seth Kasipley would fill in that role uh, that you guys are talking about um, quite well. I think Brent, I think professional career Brent out of the, uh, out of the uh, right wing back has been better than midfield and striker Brent. 
Um, and Seth Kasipli has, you know, we've praised him earlier for for his effort and uh, ability to create. Um, and then Milan's hit the same, in my opinion, has hit the same funk that uh, that uh, Cubo and Ugo has been in this whole season. Uh, I, when was his last goal? It's been a minute, you know. But but at least even maybe not getting the ball in the back net, he's been getting some quality shots on target, which is something you want. Um, I, again, this is just me. Like you, you know me, I'm not the person that's going to sit and just wait for something to work. I like to switch things up, try something new, do something a little different. You, you got to shake things up. You got to tinker with the, the 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 game plan and the strategies to try and get something, figure out something that's going to work. Um, and that, that's just me though. I, and I know not everyone's in that same boat. Some people would prefer to stick with what you're trying to do and, and it'll eventually start working again. Um, or maybe just make a minor little adjustment. I'm one of those that I'm, I'm all about making a big change or just a, a drastic change to try it out. And then if it doesn't work, you go back to your original game plan. What's up, Dylan? You're all about big changes. Are you saying that it's time? Are you saying Chaplow out? Is that what you're saying? That's because not while what he's I'm not saying, here that's tonight, not what I'm Alan, saying. are you sure? That's a that's that is, a dangerous that's game. Although I know I was it Alan on our on our conversations behind the scenes was saying this run of form is very similar to what uh, Braden Cloutier had before he was uh, let go. It's um, the same six results, yes. But the difference is, is the results are earlier in the season as opposed to Braden's were a little bit more in the late mid part of the uh, the season. Um, so that's where I would say it's different. We're, and, and again, we've all agreed, right? Is the first like 10 to 15 matches of a season is, is sort of this learning curve for these, these, these coaches and these players, because uh, unfortunately many of them have been there. And I, I want to say last season's roster, there was a little bit more um, continuity as far as coming from the previous season. Maybe not though. I don't know. In the important places, i.e. our center backs, Yes. And, well, just our defense as a whole, really, if you think about last season. That that is actually true. It was mostly the same. Um I think Kevin Olson just fell short of being the all time Orange County appearance leader. But um maybe a joke to say that Chaplow should be fired. I mean maybe so we can be very, very clear. Um I'm not saying I don't that. think he should be fired. Yeah. Not yet. Not yet. I can't not imagine yet. Yeah, what this team looks like when you do that. You don't no, it's, fire it's your champion-winning coach. Well, here's but... here's the thing, right? What wasn't wasn't part of like part of my arguments when I I sort of agreed with what was going on with Coach Brayton Clute here last season was just the lack of trying something new or making changes or or doing stuff. Right? Again, Chaplow's this is sort of new for Chaplow. He's still not even a full year as a head coach with this club, right? When you look at when he started and when we're getting to now. Um, so I want to see, I, I mean, I expected more out of coach Braden Cloutier cause he'd been here for a few years, um, more experienced head coach. Uh, and it was sort of getting stagnant at this point. I'm still going to give Richard Chaplow a little bit of an opportunity. I want to see what kind of, uh, ideas he can come up with to try and fix this. And then if, you know, towards the end, end of the season, if I'm not seeing any kind of attempts to fix this, then that's where you might hear me jumping on that bandwagon. But right now. I'm I'm still I'm on board with Richard Chaplow as we got it now. Um, let's get our our match predictions, you guys. Our match predictions against RGV, uh, Dylan. Uh, what is your prediction? 
Orange County nil, RGB two, because history says that's a good call. All right. Um, Prove me wrong. Did we did we get an official uh, prediction from Alan? All right, so we're going to get to do that one, but let's let's go to ours first. Uh, Brad, what is your prediction for this match? I'm going to go the Dylan approach and go one to one. Very original. I know. All right, I got to start catching I'm up. Go- I'm going to um, go two nil Orange County. I'm going opposite of Dylan for this match. Um, I'll buy you a beer for you clean sheet. Let, let's let's figure this out though. We got to see like where we're even at at the standings now. So I think I think our producer has the standings ready for this. So as of uh, the Indy Eleven match, here is the st- here are the standings. Dylan is still looking like a genius when it comes to predicting uh, match scores. Uh, he is just blowing everyone else on the team out of the water with thirty two points. The next closest, Alan and Brad are uh, tied uh, at nineteen points, and I'm surprised that I'm only two points behind them with seventeen points. Uh, with uh, how bad I can be with uh, predicting scores. Uh, as you can see, there's the rest of you on that list. Uh, any, uh, it looks at Logan's, uh, Logan, it seems like he wants an, an, some sort of prize from us because he's trying to beat you, Dylan. You know, man, he's got all that insider info, so he knows what's coming on. He knows who's signed, who's fit, who's ready to go, who's traveling, what shirt color we're wearing, and he knows apparently what the scores are going to be before each match as well. Hey, at least he shares most of that information. (laughs) He's going to keep everything. uh, He's going to keep the scores to himself, but everything else he's he's willing to allegedly share. We might need to get a... We might need to get Logan like on our show. Like we can bring him on, just have a segment where he's just like giving us the scoop of what rumors he's hearing uh, from you know about the club, the players, or all that. Just us can't say who his sources are. Just you know what he's hearing, but who knows? Um, yeah, there we go. So, hey, share your predictions uh, with us, and that way we can keep track of them, and we'll update this list as you make those predictions. We will put them on here. Um, and again, anyone that beats the top score out of the, the four of us that are the main host on here, myself, Alan, Brad, Dylan, uh, if you can beat one of us or not one of us, if you can beat the top one of us, uh, you can win a prize. We don't know what that prize is going to be. It's going to depend on how many of you win. Um, we got to do a prediction for Alan. So here's how we're going to do this. Um, Six to nine. Dylan, you pick a number, Brad, you pick a number, and then I'll pick which score those numbers go to. Dylan, pick a number. 61. Brad, pick a number. Eight. All right, so 61 (laughs) goes to Orange County. Eight goes to RGV. (laughs) I was hoping Brad was going to say nine, so we could do a nice little 619 and and represent him being from San Diego. But uh, Brad Brad doesn't know the area code for San Diego. No, I do. It's a Rey Mysterio thing. Okay, I'm not Mysterio, <laughs> but hey, it's all good. Uh, let's do this. Um, let's move on to some random soccer discussions before we wrap things up. I'll go to you first, Dylan. Do you have any random soccer discussions you want to bring up tonight? Or random soccer news is the official title of this segment. You know, I feel like I had something 20 minutes ago. and just kind of lost that one and thinking about whatever ha- is happening here. But hey, Luton are fifth in the championship right now. And um, 
Ain't that something? Then it's proof that good teams can still do good things, and there is some sense of justice in this world. Brad, what about you? Any random soccer news that you want to share? Um, well, I also follow soccer across the world, and nobody's given me anything to really root for because Everton is um, making a run at 18th. And, uh, well, you know what? If Everton goes down, hopefully Forrest goes up so that I have someone to root for in the Premier League until hopefully Forrest goes back down and Everton goes back up. But, you know, well, maybe Everton can pull a, maybe Everton can pull a, what is it, a Sunderland uh, move and drop down two levels? That would be oh, awesome. That would be, that would be tragic. <laughs> Everton down to the National League, I'll be scanning returns. Takes them back up. Tragedy, especially in the uh, new multi-million, hundreds of millions of dollars stadium that they're building on the wharf there. They don't use dollars in England, Brad. Yes. Pounds. I I, I knew what I was saying halfway through, but I was committed (laughs) to saying dollars. Yeah, what Mikey said in the comments. Go, Mikey. Um, Let's do this. Uh, My random soccer, right, is, uh, again, I I know you all are going to give me a hard time for this, but I coach my son's soccer team. We're playing in. Uh, we're playing against club level teams this year. And in, in the fall, we were just a rec team. We've struggled all season, but we have a good opportunity to get our first victory of the season this Sunday. Uh, if anyone wants to come out and cheer on a bunch of uh, what ten and eleven year olds uh, soccer, come on out. We're going to be playing on the road in Temecula uh, at ten thirty <laughs> in the morning. Uh, so come on out if you want to come support these boys. Uh, from what I know, doing my scouting and speaking with other coaches that I've competed against, uh, this team that we're playing is the worst team in our uh, league. And even as bad as we've been, we should hopefully be able to beat them. Uh, but oh, you Orange County. But but it'll be the assistant coach manning the uh, the team because I will be on a business trip. Uh, so I won't be there for this. So I, I've been joking with my families is please do not win this game too big because then when I get back, you're going to blame me for us not doing good when I'm the coach. What's up, Dylan? Can we wine taste on the sidelines? The league rules state no alcoholic beverages okay. are allowed. Also, no pets on the sidelines. Then there's... Samora out, jeez. Hey, it's not my rules. I would hey if 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 it was my league, I'd say go for it. Let's tailgate at the sideline of a U eleven or U twelve uh, soccer match. Uh, but no, my uh, let me say this: I'm proud of uh, my 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 team. Uh, we've had some tough losses this past weekend. We lost nine zero, um, but there's positive attitude still. They're still coming to practice excited and they're working hard, trying to get better. Um, I knew this season would be a struggle for us because, again, we went from rec, a, a traditional rec team, and now we're playing against uh, flight two and flight three club teams in the spring, which has been difficult for them. So, um, but hey, that's that's the life of soccer. We can only get better from here, and one day we will win the all the games, every game. That's the goal. Um, random news, random thoughts, ideas from you guys, Dylan. What's your random thought of the night? Um, everyone who's older than me is going to laugh. I promise I'm just maybe now rounding into being something of an adult, but my God, being an adult blows. It's like working nine straight days and then you get a day off and you spend it packing. 
um, or packing all of your stuff into a box for some renovation so you can take care of where you live or packing someone else's stuff up. Why do we do this? What a waste. So we I, I'm, I'm going to tell you this, Dylan, as an adult, as an adult, I don't like pack that much. So I, uh, by all means, that doesn't seem Fine. like true. We get to do something that's not all your dead time. Your all off. your dead time, you're packing something. You're packing stuff for a renovation. You're packing stuff for a move. You're packing stuff for someone else. You do a lot of packing, Dylan. Do you, you have you ever thought you can maybe start one of those moving services? You know, you see like meathead movers or that is me. I'm college hunk movers or whatever they're called. You can start one of those. That was my uh, past life when I was in college. Hey, I wasn't done. I was saying, oh, go for it, Dylan. Man, work blows. What if we all just like sat around and didn't work and just enjoyed ourselves? Drink vodka. No, I'm, I was drinking no. water earlier. There's no influence here. Just saying, what if we just enjoyed ourselves instead of grinding ourselves into a fine bone dust for a few more dollars? All right. Brad, so, how is the grinding into a bone dust going for you? Well, Dylan spent a little bit too much time on uh, anti anti work on Reddit. Um, grinding my bones to dust kind of sucks, but, you know. On the flip side, I've spent a lot of time applying for new jobs and new opportunities and, you know, just for all those people in the world that just need a little kick in the butt to get moving and do some new stuff, just take it the first step and everything will follow through. You know, I'm going through that motion myself right now and it feels good. It feels rewarding. So can't complain there. I hope you get a new job, one that lets you sit around a lot. I wouldn't say no to that, but my waistline would say hell no. <laughs> yeah, it's it sucks when you have to sit a lot at work uh, for eight or nine hours. It's not always the fun, the most fun of a, a job. I, uh, but yeah, um, my random thought. Hey, I want some ideas, uh, some recommendations. I will be on, like I said, on a business trip uh, next Sunday through Wednesday out in Colorado Springs. If anyone has any ideas of uh, where I should maybe grab some dinner. Or, or whatnot, let me know. Shoot me a, a message or just tweet at me. Uh, at DJ let me know. <laughs> Dylan. Um, but yeah, no, share, share some ideas, some thoughts with me. And maybe I can check those out and uh, at least uh, make the best out of a situation. I'm out there for a work conference. Uh, but, you know, let me know when I'm not working where I should go grab a bite to eat, something that's good. And don't recommend something I could get here. Perfect. Hey, look at that. We are going to stay under an hour for this episode, which has been very difficult for us as of late. Uh, but let's go ahead and do this. Uh, since we have that time, Dylan, if people want to hear from you, what's the best spot for them to hear from you? I know you're not very active on the Twitter machines, but you got your Twitter handle up there. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm on the way out because um, I haven't been using it. And so what's the point in having it? And uh, if it means that some metric for some Silicon Valley company, so what might become a Texas company, who knows? Um, if it means the metric will go down for a company, then I'm all about that. Uh, you can find me sitting somewhere trying to do nothing and trying to enjoy the moment. Look for his his like smoke signals in the air or something like that. That's how Dylan's going to start communicating. Um, or unlike one of those old school flip phones, um, that's probably the best way you can get a hold of him. Brad, how about you? If anyone wants to hear more from the thoughts of Brad in Reno, how do they do that? 
So yeah, in the uh, in honor of uh, the multi-billion-dollar move, you can find me on the Elon machines at Pal on the Sky, right there. Polanski out. That was horrible. <laughs> How is an Elon machine not? Ju- Why would you go with Musk machine? Which Musk mobile Musk machine? Come on, it's right there. You or can Tesla find me on the uh, on the Teslaverse. Hell on the sky. Now he's trying too hard. Wow, this is. I mean, no one's watching anymore. But oof, apologies for the. Hey, we do have six Lord viewers does, right yeah. now. So hey, we got six people watching this right oh. now. So someone's listening to these bad <laughs> jokes from Brad. Um, if you want to hear more from me, I already gave it to you. If you want to hear more from the podcast, follow us at OCSC underscore SoccerCast. You can go to our website OCSCPodcast.com to listen to any of our previous episodes or just listen to us wherever you like to listen to your podcasts, whether that is Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio even. Um, for our missing Alan and for Dylan, for Brad and our producer Andy, thank you for listening. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, and we are out. Oh, God, you are my team.